Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He spends your penny strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Oh man, if we win that title over Orlando, we'll have earned it. Uh, the elation that Magic fans had seeing the return of Jonathan Isaac has now just been completely replaced with horror. Uh, J.I. Tours ACL. It's in the same knee that gave him issues January 1st that led to him being out for over seven months, and this is going to change the team's long-term plans. J.I.'s got a track record now of ankle and knee issues that have to be factored into both you know, what we do with him and what we do with you know, kind of the rest of the team moving forward. But life goes on. We can look at the now at the moment in this short term as we wish J.I. a great recovery. The Magic are 2-0 and in the Disney World Village, so bubble basketball from a record perspective has been going pretty well so far. You know, we're scoring at a blistering pace. We're holding a half-game lead over Brooklyn for the seventh seed, and this week is going to be a huge test, and we'll probably determine how much of a threat or non-threat we'll be in the playoffs. Let's go. Penny, I don't know about you, buddy, but can I just point out that I feel a little weird to be in August talking about ongoing NBA regular season games? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here we are. We're doing it, but it's it's weird because usually around this time I'd be on vacation right now, and obviously for various reasons that's not happening right now, and we're talking about the magic. We're, we're here. Unfortunately, uh, we have the terrible Jonathan Isaac news. Originally, when we were going to record here on a Monday afternoon, I thought uh, we were going to be talking about uh, simpler things, but unfortunately, Isaac has uh, has torn his ACL. It's not good. It's uh, it's in the same knee that he uh, he had issues with on January first when he hurt it in the uh, in the Wizards game, um, and I mean that original injury that, that Isaac got in the Wizards game that was. Uh, Man, that was uh, that was the one where he they diagnosed it as a posterior lateral corner injury and a medial bone contusion, which could mean a wide variety of things. I guess he didn't tear anything, but he basically did some damage to that knee. And whether there would be long term implications of it, nobody was really certain. But um, obviously, now whether it's be, you know whether you want to blame Clifford for playing him out uh, you know when we're up 30 or if you want to blame uh, the medical staff which for I which I don't either if you want to blame okay let's let's talk let, let's take this step by step here so Isaac so this is we're doing this on a Monday literally last week Monday Isaac played in that last scrimmage against the Denver Nuggets and he looked great he put up 13 points and got seven rebounds in seven minutes it was literally like the dream return for Ji and then. He comes back with that in the first bubble game that counted, the first seeding game, where he tallies 16 points in 16 minutes during the Magic's blowout win against Brooklyn. Even though the Magic only won by 10, we still put up 128 points and won by 10 after losing the fourth quarter by 19 points. So that is definitely a blowout in my book. But um, 
you know, Isaac, so the 16 minutes seemed to be what his minute restrictions were. So um, we've seen other teams like Zion Williamson, I think is on almost an exact uh, minute. I think he's on like a 15 minute, uh, you know, minute restriction. So, um, you know, Isaac is at 16 minutes. Foltz has been on a minute restriction in some regard as well. Almost similar minute restriction, I'd say. And so he gets through the 16 minutes there. He's he's four, he's over 14 minutes into this last game now. Last, last night, Sunday night against the the Kings, he's at, and I'm gonna pull up the box score exactly. He's oh man, Isaac is at 14 minutes and 36 seconds into his his stint on the court. He's been on the court, you know, I think four and a half minutes, I guess. Um, during you know during that third and then early fourth quarter, I think there's about nine minutes and change to go in the fourth quarter, and he drives, he does this kind of corkscrew uh, dribble step drive into the paint, and it's just his left knee just gives out, and and it, it bends in, and he's holding it, and he knows immediately it's it, it was it was a terrible scene. You can see the reactions of some of the players like. I thought a couple of them might, might like some of them had tears in their eyes. I think a couple of them almost were ready to like like throw up because you can see just the color coming out of their faces, and it, it's bad. And um, <clears throat> I don't blame Clifford for for playing Isaac. It's part of his kind of rehab stint, and it's part of just getting him back up to speed. And by all indications, his athleticism was more than fine. Isaac was playing just outstanding basketball. He didn't seem limited at all. In fact, he was probably more fluid than I'd ever seen him in my life, and that's amazing seeing just the seven-footer doing what he was doing. Uh, Penny, I don't know if, what type of comments you want to have on the Clifford Minute stuff, but basically we're about another less than 90 seconds away from, from Isaac coming out of that game. Well, look, he's cleared to play, right? We put a lot of uh, faith and trust in the sports performance team and the you know the trainers and the medicine group and everything, all of the surrounding parts and pieces to get uh, him not only rehabbed, but also, you know, uh, full go um, to resume normal game playing. Which, by the way, so I do have, I I have to emphasize, like, our staff that we have, our medical and training staff, we put a lot of money into that staff. They are very well-known and renowned. There's, those people are famous in their industry, so... This isn't a staff issue, I don't think, but sorry, continue. Yeah, well, look, at the end of the day, he's an important piece of our team, and it's not about the Brooklyn game, and it's not about the Sacramento game. It's about ramping him up to be a contributor in the playoffs, right? So we were taking the steps necessary to have him available um, for the games that really matter, and 16 minutes, uh, and quite frankly, even though it's a blowout, uh, 16 minutes of action against another team if this was going to happen non-contact wise it's just as likely it would have happened in five on five during practice well and also it maybe isaac isn't out there that late if the magic had not almost blown that game against brooklyn the other night i mean we had to put the starters back in that's that's how bad it got with the third string the third string really really put let that let it go there and um we had to put guys like vooch back in the game so even though we were up, again, a very highly comfortable amount, about 30 points on the Kings, I, 
it, there was still about nine, nine minutes left in the game. Uh, there's still nine, nine yeah. minutes left in the game. Like there's still basketball to be played. And again, you want to get Fultz, you want to get Isaac their reps, and they were almost done with their session. So, I think it was prescribed playing time in the same. You know, I yeah. Mean, regardless of the score, those were the minutes that they were going to get. It just so happened that we'd run up the score prior to them being on the floor, but they need time to get reacclimated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, Isaac's already kind of tweeted out kind of, you know, his response. He's a lot of people have reached out to him. I thought, and I think it's in the, yeah, it was in the magic piece today, actually, that, um, that Dan Savage uh, and uh, Josh Cohen wrote together. But um, they were talking about how um, Harry Giles, who looks very promising for the Kings, you know, he, as soon as Isaac was down and they were putting him in the wheelchair and, and whatnot, like Giles was there kind of talking to him and Giles has gone through tearing both of his ACLs in high school. So he, he knows what that's like. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how the rehab process looks like, how, well, how the surgery goes and how the rehab process goes from there, because we're in a unique situation where the NBA you know the NBA season isn't going to end for a the regular season isn't going to end for a few weeks. The postseason is going to go through the middle of October, and we don't know when the 2020-2021 season is going to begin. It might be around Christmas. It might be January, February, and then how long do you do it for? The NBA doesn't seem to want to try do another bubble again because they're spending you know 150 million dollars on on getting this done, even though they're salvaging almost a billion dollars by by continuing this. But still. They want to try and do what the MLB and the NFL are trying to do is play in empty stadiums or arenas and and kind of do the travel thing. But as we see, non-bubble situations have been disastrous so far. There's been a lot of players and coaches and team members of these teams from other sports that have tested positive. And here we are with with over a month or with about a month, uh, you know, into this bubble experiment where, you know, when the teams first arrived in Orlando, it's been about a month and no one's tested positive yet. So clearly this is working so far, but, um, it's, you know, at, at least with this bubble situation, um, you know, at least they had all the, the necessary equipment and the staffers there to, to get the results immediately on the MRI for his knee. But um, I was going to say, with, with we don't know when the next season's going to begin. And there's right. money implications. There's talent implications. There's, there's a lot going on where, look, Isaac, the Magic already picked up Isaac's option, you know, last September for this upcoming 2020-21 season. It's going to make like about $7.3 million dollars. It's the season after that where we don't know, you know, the 2021-2022 season. You know, he's he's up for like a $9.8 million qualifying offer. But, I mean, this is where this could have been the offseason where Isaac easily could have gotten an extension worth a lot of money. And I imagine extensions are off the table right now. Or if they're on the table, it's going to be at a big discount to Isaac. And now you have roster implications where – Aaron Gordon, who a lot of people seem to assume after this season would get traded for some, you know, big time wing scorer or you know go to scoring option, Aaron Gordon is very valuable. I mean, he was he's been valuable this whole time during the bubble. I mean, Aaron got us that amazing start, you know, last night against the Kings, where he he set the tempo and you know he he clearly uh, wanted to impose his offensive willingness 
in that game, uh, considering he only had like five field goal attempts in, in the in the Nets win that we had. But Aaron Gordon's very important now. He's he's the power forward going forward. And James Ennis, who's been amazing and you know, since we got him for basically nothing from the Sixers, he's gonna keep starting at small forward. And you look at the bench, this is prime opportunity for guys like you know, Gary Clark, even Wes Wundu, who can play the four in, in backup situations, I guess. You know, two of those, both those guys are going to be free agents after this season. Big opportunity for both Gary and Wes to, to really kind of make a name for themselves and say, and, and, and just try and, and fill in those, those big shoes that Isaac's filling. Because, look, on top of the Magic losing their best defender in Isaac, Isaac was looking good offensively, and I'll let you talk now, Penny, for what you saw from J.I., but, I mean, he he looked very fluid. He was His three-point shot looked awesome. His step-up shots were looking awesome, and it's just a, sad to see this setback. Yeah, the, the shooting stroke looked much more comfortable and confident, for sure. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the fluidity to his game, I... It, for coming off an injury and not playing competitive basketball for months and months, although I guess all of them didn't play competitive basketball for several months. But that being said, um, he certainly looked like the type of player that he looked like pre-injury um, and that the, the ascension was continuing. Um, so obviously it's uh, uh, very disheartening for him personally. Um, and the only, I guess, bright side or, or silver lining would be, as you mentioned, we don't know what the timeline or schedule of the season will be, so you're going to assume a 12-month recovery for an ACL, give or take, um, and probably every bit of 12 months as they take into account the prior, prior injuries. Um, so we don't know how much time he'll miss in terms of next season. Yeah. Uh, the other potential positive, I guess, is you he's still so young that – uh, you know, you would look to, I guess, the, the ankle injuries of a Steph Curry where there was the, the potential and the production was there, but the injuries were also there too, which allowed for his um, contract extension with the Warriors to be very manageable. Yeah, um, he was on like the cheap, he was on the best, like the cheapest deal, bang for your buck by far for a couple of years. Time, fair, fair for both sides. And now, of course, they, you know, pay him an astronomical amount and he's still worth every penny of, of that deal. Um, but in terms of cap implications and, and you know, uh, if, if you're going to bet on his body continuing to mature and, and bet on his production continuing to increase as he uh, gets older, which I don't know why you wouldn't bet um, on the player that he is. The, obviously, the body, uh, you you have concerns now. But I think it's an opportunity for him to lock in some additional financial security yeah. um, and for the Magic to lock him in at a price that might be a lot more palatable than uh, if he had remained healthy. Uh, unfortunately, if he would have remained healthy, he would have been quite a fun player to watch. So uh, that sucks, obviously. Yeah, Isaac becomes the first player in the bubble to to pick up a major injury during this play. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 we knew it was going to come. Unfortunately, it happened to one of our guys, and it happened to Isaac. Um, he's like he's a very opt- optimistic, positive individual. From a mental perspective, I'm not concerned. Um, he was supremely motivated to get back from, you know, the January 1st injury, and I don't see why he wouldn't keep this going. Um, 
but it sucks. He's he's the first NBA to get the get the first big major injury. Uh, I, I don't know. Should we retire the number one jersey at this point? If I'm the Magic, like you had Penny with his leg issues, you had Tracy McGrady with the back issues, and now you got Ji with both ankle and and leg issues. And yeah, I, it's <laughs> I don't know. Should we retire the number one jersey? Uh, and you're not you're leaving out Gilbert Arenas. Uh, well, I, I would I'd like to think Hibachi had it coming in anyway, but you're not wrong. I mean, it was it got yeah. bad with him. So um, the only one that escaped it was Duran Lamb. Did he though? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I I don't think injuries were, were the reason why he didn't work out here. But um, yeah, it's gosh, and Isaac was playing so well too. It's it's just such a shame with with him. Um, so out of so how 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 are we liking Ennis right now in the starting line? How are we liking just the starting lineup in general? Because it's still Augustine, Fournier, Ennis, Ag, and Vooch. I mean, Ennis in, in each of these first two games, he scored eight points. He's just he's he's made the offense look good, and he's just been solid defensively so far. Um, our, look, I think I you and I would agree that we want to see Fultz get back that starting point guard job, but. The other starters have been doing pretty well so far. Um, I still hate seeing Fournier just getting killed defensively, but it's working out so far. We've we've broken some historical records. Um, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll bring it up right now. It's you know, you have the Magic twice putting up seventy point first halves, and I know it's it's just against the Nets, and I know it's just against the Kings, but still, this is stuff the Magic have just not done in their history before. You know, with the Sacramento game, they scored the 78 first-half points, which is the second most points in a first half in franchise history. They scored 81 last year against Atlanta, and then they also scored 78 back in November of 2010 versus the Timberwolves, which I was at that game. Um, that was when they still had a pudgy Kevin Kevin Love on their team. But, um, I mean, what do we think of this starting lineup so far? Particularly, what do we think of just Ennis and AG kind of working together? I think the pairing has been really good. And also I think that the starting lineup and the bench unit, there's been a lot of balance. So the production has been good. I think there's been a lot of floor balance and we're not losing a ton um, when the second string comes in. I think James Ennis, obviously our, our team is not a uh, super high ceiling like before, but he's the perfect fifth starter, right? And that Matt Barnes role kind of where he just kind of hangs out and does exactly what you need and doesn't require a lot, um, but is staunch defensively. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's perfectly well said. It's I, There's no doubts. Um, probably my favorite stat of the century so far um, came from the ESPN stats and info folks. The Magic have scored at least 120 points in five straight games for the first time in franchise history. Um, their previous record was three, which they had done in 1991, back when not much defense was being played. And I have to say so far, during this bu- bubble, offense has gone up, and then home t- home court advantage is actually still holding up for the most part, at least um, you know so far with the win-loss records, which yeah. I don't know how much that's going to hold, and, I'm sh- and maybe it won't hold at all in the playoffs, but... Um, but the, the biggest one that was interesting, uh, other than that stat, which was great, was in the same tweet, 14 straight Magic games have gone over the Vegas total, which is the longer, longest streak by any team in the last 30 seasons, which from a gambling perspective, that's just insane. Um, the Magic, 
they after the all-star break you know for those 10 games they had the best offense in the league and I believe they still have the best offense in the league right now based off efficiency but I mean what what do we make of this because we're still seeing guys like Michael Carter Williams are, are hitting shots Fultz is hitting shots um, especially in the Kings game, with including his range apparently extending out to 70 feet and hitting three-quarter court shots. But um, what do we make of this offense? And, look, this is going to be the week where we're going to be testing. We'll go over the schedule real quick. But uh, it, it's it's early, but how how, we do, how how is our offense just exploding out of the blue like this? Well, I think the shot – the shooting percentage is something that might not be sustainable. Although Michael Carter Williams just in the eye test is doing most of his damage around the paint. And to my mind is not really uh, shooting a better percentage than he typically does from the outside or, or even attacking the paint. I, you know, he's finishing the ones he finished before and lipping out other ones that he's lipped out before. I, I think the biggest thing for offensive production and they talk about it on the telecast too, and it's been a point of emphasis for Steve Clifford, I think, for the last two seasons. But they've done a really, really good job of working inside out. And I think nearly every possession, there's some sort of activity where there's a paint touch or, or there's penetration into the paint. And, you know, if you're if you're driving and kicking and drawing defenses, then you're creating opportunities to exploit for, for easier percentage shots. Of course, then you have to hit them. Um, and I think it helps to the soft spot in the schedule prior to the break and also resuming with, with the Nets and the Kings. Yeah. Um, you still got to hit shots, and uh, they've certainly been doing that for the last eight months. Yeah, I was just looking at the box scores, and actually MCW only shot 2 of 9 in the Nets game and 3 of 6 in the Sacramento game. So, I mean, just kind of looking real quick, I mean, you're seeing Terrence Ross, it seems like he's been – kind of quiet at least point total wise he is but I mean shooting wise I mean he shot three of eight in the Nets game and then he shot six of ten in the Kings game so so bench shooting wise he's been doing really well um can we can we talk about how great Kem Birch has been as a backup center and how we're back to not missing Mo Bamba who has looked supremely tentative playing with the third string uh I mean Kem and it's starting to pick up. It's starting to show up in some of the advanced stats. But Kem just sets amazing screens for pick and rolls, and it's 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 just great offensively for us. Yeah. Well, now obviously we don't have Jonathan Isaac as we push towards the postseason. But I think you're going back to a really uh, solidified uh, veteran-led group where Augustine is thrust back into the starting role, and Kem Burch is thrust back into the. Uh, backup role um, and and you're just getting a lot of stable production that you don't get when uh, you know and and Fultz is coming around and also I think that he would he's an upgrade over Michael Carter Williams in terms of like backup primary backup point guard as we get you know through the seeding games here Um, and I'm sure his minutes will continue to increase although they might be more cautious now after what happened with J.I. but I don't think so I really don't think so I, I think Look, this, this schedule is going to get interesting now because we play. We have this rough back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday where we play the Pacers, who they've looked shaky. Even though T.J. Warren's out here dropping fifty-point, you know, fifty-point games and whatnot. But then you got Toronto on Wednesday, second game of a back-to-back. 
likely your first-round opponent, even though the Magic still only hold a half-game lead over Brooklyn for seventh. Brooklyn beat Washington on Sunday as well, but Brooklyn's schedule is about to get a lot tougher. They're going through a Celtics-Bucks back-to-back where if they win one of those two games, I, I throw my hands up and go, this is, this is just weird. Um, I mean, we are seeing other teams like the Phoenix Suns uh, playing really well. Um, the Spurs are playing really well, which I guess we should never be surprised with a Popovich-led team, but here we are still. People are like waiting for him to retire, and he's still doing it with with guys that not many people know about. Um, and then later on this week, the Magic play Friday against the Sixers and then Sunday against the Celtics. And I, I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about it with our predictions. I thought we'd go 4-4. Four and four. We really needed to win these first two games, which we've done. So in that regard, so far so good. If we want, somehow win two of these next four against Indy, Toronto, Philly, and Boston, we're... I, I have optimism for the first round of the playoffs. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But even if we win just one, that sets up sets us up well for you know the Brooklyn game on Tuesday, August 11th, and then who knows what position will be that last game against the New Orleans Pelicans, on, you know, and for our for our eighth game of these seeding games. But um, yeah, just talk about what your look, what your hopes are for these next four games, especially considering we lost Ji in such a devastating fashion that. Who knows mentally if you know where our guys will be, but that's that's what co- that's what good coaching does. That's what just having just an optimistic and strong men- you know mentality to to succeed goes. It's like look, man, you got a very talented guy down, but one man doesn't make a team unless you're Giannis Didacumbo and the Bucks maybe. But um, I mean, life goes on and. We've had a great offense. We're still going to have a great offense. Now, defensively, we might be in trouble here because, again, we're losing J.I. But, I mean, it's – I'm optimistic going into these next four games uh, of, of the schedule. I don't know about you. Yeah, I am too, especially based on, you know, again, how we've, how we've played um, since we've entered the bubble. Um, I think it's exceeded expectations. I agree with you that – Two out of these next four somehow puts us in a really great position. I think one out of the next four puts us in still a good position. You're talking about the goal being to remain in seventh. Um, I, I think you got to get one. Um, if you can get two, I, I, you you get two of these next four. You beat Brooklyn after that. You're pretty much golden. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Uh, the other stat that came out today from ESPN is the Magic are the third team in the last 20 seasons to score 110 points through the first three quarters of consecutive games, which is what they did against Brooklyn and, and Sacramento. The only other two teams that have, to have done that in the last 20 years are the Lakers this season and then last season the Warriors. So there you go. The Magic are now offensive juggernauts out of the blue. Offensive juggernaut Orlando Magic. It's it's unbelievable, and I'm gonna just enjoy that for for as long as I can. But uh, let's talk about how the uh, how the, I guess the setup of these games are. We finally got a Magic home game uh, last night with you know uh, Sunday night against the uh, against the Kings. We had David and Jeff calling their first seeding home game, and I thought it looked good. I thought the music was much improved. It felt like a Magic game. Um, 
the PA announcer they gave us is very quiet and just doesn't have nearly the energy that Paul Porter does. But thankfully, again, we still have the Paul Porter 3 and the uh, slam uh, calls that we have for him. Um, they milked the hell out of the Here We Go Magic, Here We Go song, which they can play that every offensive possession. And I'll, I'll still be into it. Um, and then they had the fourth quarter Star Wars intro music. So overall, that was fine. Um, the video boards, the fan, the fan video, virtual fan video boards, they, I've, I've noticed they've looked a little bit better since that TNT doubleheader last Thursday that opened up the seeding game season again. Um, it's still a little weird. Again, you, you know, it, it's gotten progressively better, but you can't hear them. Um, there's a very noticeable amount of empty seats there. So, I, I mean, most of these seats are going to family and I guess maybe like, you know, players, families, coaches, family members, I guess, and then diehard Magic fans potentially, or I guess fans that uh, the, the the Magic uh, social media team approve of, I guess maybe I should go with that more. Um, and then it is a little weird because it looks like the fans sometimes when, when you see them, it, it looks like they're not paying attention because they're looking at their TV or another monitor or their phone and it could just use some more tweaking, but it's not bad. Aaron Gordon after the Kings game, who looked really depressed because <laughs> it was just after Isaac had, had you know, had, had uh, messed up his, his knee again. But um, in the post game, Aaron said how much that uh, pumping in the fake crowd noise is really helping them. So as long as they like it, I'm not going to complain. Um, again, even the fake crowd noise has has gotten progressively better as as this has gone on so far. And so far, I'm liking it. You know, I'm loving the track cams and just the different uh, camera angles and whatnot. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Penny? Yeah, I think it'll continue to improve as they go along. Uh, the the webcam fans, to me, is still kind of weird. I thought there was going to be some sort of uh, audio link where they could in- include them. Um, I guess they're they're connected to each other, but not into the arena or, or something like that. Yeah, they now. put them in like these rooms, so it's like it's separate people in like separate rooms, and then they just kind of project them up on the board. Um, it, it's it's interesting. I, I've seen a few people share the setup a little bit. Um, it's basically like you're on a Zoom call, basically, and you have like your room a camera full of those people and then like a smaller camera basically that or a smaller screen that shows the actual on-court action um i don't know if i could if if i got a link or invited to one of those i don't know if i would partake uh but most of that is because i'm still trying to win a game on the magic mobile vision trivia app as well so i'd be i'd be paying attention to that just as much as the magic game but um yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd sign up for that, but it's it's a good effort so far. Yeah, I think there needs to be some sort of uh, like more exclusive content or maybe uh, an exclusive camera angle or something that you only get by being a part of um, those selected fans to maybe draw more people and, and hold more attention while they're signed on. But I, I will agree, I think that the... the Magic second screen experience these last two games has been pretty fun and enjoyable. Um, before we get to the other J.I. news, uh, how are we liking the uh, Stan Van Gundy Iron Eagle power announcing team? Great. Well, both of them are great individually, so collectively, I, there's, I can't say enough good things. They've both been amazing together. It's If you could give me that duo constantly and then Doris Burke with whoever, 
I'm good. Like I, I'm, I'm good. Like you don't have to give me any more teams. Um, are you a brownie or a cookie person? Because this guy, because SVG's uh, social media or uh, Twitter handle has been uh, has been coming with some takes. Um, I'm personally more of a cookie person, but what about you? Oh, that's a good. Well, both, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess between brownie and cookie, I'd probably grab a brownie off the buffet table that no longer exists because there's particles out there. Really? Okay. Well, I'm more of a cookie person. I, I don't know. It's that I, I, I was, I'm, a, I'm actually a little surprised, but um, I, I'm a cookie person for sure. All right, we'll we'll delve into this, but um, the Jonathan Isaac for both games, he has been, and he's he's not been the only person. There's been Myers Leonard, um, one of the officials, but Jonathan Isaac was the first known NBA player or personnel to stand during the national anthem. He did it Friday night. He did it Sunday night. Um, nor did he wear the, uh, a black lives matter shirt, uh, for both games. Um, it's kind of been interesting to see, uh, how some coaches and players have kind of adapted. Uh, now you can see folks are kneeling with a towel underneath their knee because kneeling on a hardwood floor, can be discomforting, I would imagine, after a while. But um, nor is Isaac wearing a, like a jersey with a, a with a social justice type message on the back. It's just Isaac in the back, which he's not the only Magic player to be doing that. Ken Birch, Terrence Ross, to name a few. So um, it's already been, you know, it's oh man, it's already been used as propaganda by folks who are anti-Black Lives Matter, and then. Um, you know, those same people who say like kneeling is a sign of disrespect to the American flag. Um, Jonathan Isaac jersey sales skyrocketed. It was the second Sunday, at least, um, on the NBA team shop website. I guess you can see which jerseys are the top sellers. And Isaac's uh, jersey was um, second in sales behind only LeBron James's Laker jersey. So make that uh you know, whatever you want to make that of. But um, I'd be curious to know if that continues now that Isaac is injured. Um, I'm assuming he's not, we're not going to see him on the Magic sidelines for a while. Uh, and if we do, he'll probably be in like a wheelchair or crutches or whatnot. But um, it'd be interesting. To, I'd like to know, one, how many sales they actually are. And then now that Isaac's hurt, how many people have actually like tried to get a refund on that. Um Look, there there were some really good uh, questions for Isaac Friday, at least direct questions. I thought Friday after you know, after the game Friday against the Nets, um, you know, he he says he's not anti Black Lives Matter. Um, he didn't do it because of the flag. Um, it was all basically religious and gospel based, and in my mind, he's he can he he you know we live in a free country you can do whatever you want as long as you're not like harming people is my take on that and he's not harming anybody he's expressing his beliefs he thinks that you know there shouldn't just be focus on you know black lives matter he thinks that there should be focus on all the world's problems basically and I knew he'd get some, you know, I knew immediately when I saw it, well, we, we knew immediately when we saw it, like, oh, this is going to become a big deal. And it's become a big media deal. Maybe not as big of a media deal if he was on a much more larger market team. Um, but it's been a big deal. Again, he's got the second highest sold jersey right now in the NBA, which is insane. Um, we haven't had that since Dwight Howard, basically. 
Um, and I guess I want to know your take on it as far as, you know, it seems like everyone with the Magic's okay with it. Like, he talked to the team. Clifford's been fine with it. Like, nobody, no one has had has taken issue to it other than people on social media, other than maybe other players or people who aren't into sports. Um, people have taken it both ways, both, you know, both, you know, as propaganda against Black Lives Matter, and then people that are pro-life, Black Lives Matter, think Isaac is a traitor. He's not all about, you know, uh, equality and stuff like that. Look, if you look at some of the social media accounts that he follows, you can come up with whatever assumptions you want to come up with. But he's he's a great guy. He's he's he helps out of the community a lot. Whether you're as super religious as he is, that's for you to be whatever you want to be, you know. And I'll I'll yield the floor to you, Penny. But I I don't take much issue to it. Um, I thought Isaac's answers would would be taken would be misconstrued and they've kind of have been. Um, but I, I I don't have much more to add to it. Yeah, I think the optics looked bad. Yes. They're the optics. My perception of the optics is coming from a a white male perspective. Yes, we're white people. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't have any place to to tell a a black man how to uh, protest or not protest um, or feel about um, equality and civil rights. So that's the only thing that I can say is that uh, from my perspective, um, it looked bad, not bad, but it, it looked out of place. Yeah. Um, but I think you speaking to there not being any turmoil amongst the team, I, I think they, they know, I would imagine mm-hmm. over the last three years that they know both his personality and his heart. And, um, obviously the, you know, the, the, uh, the faith-based um, approach that he, he takes to issues. So I would imagine that that is why there was no, um, you know, more turmoil or, or yeah. discussion, or heated, heated discussion amongst the team. And I think any of the external forces obviously don't interact with, uh, with Jonathan, um, you know, as often or, or as familiar with him. Uh, so they can, draw their own conclusions from afar and that's how you ended up with the you know mini firestorm that occurred last friday yeah look again i you and i aren't the most religious of people like i'm a greek orthodox person you know i believe in god in my head and my heart but you won't catch me in a church very often um I try not to let religion guide my reasoning. That's ba- I try to base it more off facts and experiences and whatnot. And so, but I I can't tell Isaac if he's right or wrong in his beliefs. Um, and he has every right to believe what he believes. And again, as long as it's not doing harm to a lot of people or to people in general, then he's fine. And so far, he's he's been fine. It's he's. He's doing his thing right now, and whether you think that's selfish or not, or again, whether you think that it's anti-Black Lives Matter, or if it's like a pro-Trump political initiative, you can think whatever you want. But um, you know, his team backs him, the organization backs him, and yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And it doesn't look like—I mean, if for people that 
wanted him to stop, well, I guess maybe they got their wish with this injury. And that's the other bad thing about the injury is there's been some pretty uh, terrible comments from people that he deserved it, that it's karma and whatnot. And that's just not nice. And that's just not the way to go about it. People shouldn't wish, wish those type of injuries on anybody. And so probably not unexpected either. Yeah. And so we wish J- Jonathan a speedy recovery. He, it wouldn't shock me if once he gets the surge, well, well, I guess once he leaves the bubble, he probably won't come back. And honestly, there's really no need for him to be there if if he's going to be you know around in like a, a wheelchair or, or crutches. So I just hope that you know whatever rehabilitation uh, plan is put in place for him that that goes well, and hopefully we see him next year because um, he's going to be out a long time. And you know, I've already said it that the Magic got to lean more on Aaron Gordon and Ennis, that forward duo. You're going to see guys like Gary Clark and Wes Wondu get a chance, and then you got Chumo Chumo Kiki waiting in the wings here for next season. He'll he'll finally be able to sign his rookie contract and get going. But a um, few off-topic good good news type things, I guess. So Sunday, I really thought we were going to get a lot of wind and rain from uh, Tropical Storm Miss Aias, but we. Uh, we got lucky. It's been skirting the the the, the coast here on the uh, on the Atlantic side, and uh, unless you're like living on the beach, you're really not getting much. Like we barely got any rain Sunday, at least from from my from my home where I was at. And so hopefully, uh, you know, people in states north of us don't get affected too badly. It looks like it might hit the uh, the Carolinas, but um, good news for Florida. Good news for Central Florida, at least. Where this one, we we didn't get anything from it. Um, I, it, depending on your view of, uh, meteorological, meteorological reports, uh, the, it's going to be a rough storm season. So, uh, this won't be the last storm we'll have to keep an eye on, but, um, Sunday, the, this was the last, uh, this was the first magic, uh, alleged nationally televised game. It was on NBA TV. Um, I think they played the magic feed. I, I don't know. You and I obviously get spot Fox sports, Florida, so we don't know, but, um, the Sixer game is on national TV, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the national folks have to say about us. I hope I don't know who would, who would be calling the game, but um, looking forward to that. And then just a quick shout out to Orlando City for making it to the semifinals of the MLS's back tournament at Disney World. It's the most excited the fan base has been since we were back down in USL Pro, and so it's been exciting to watch. And go City and. Uh, God, it'd be awesome if we won that tournament because that franchise needs some some good stuff. But you got any other uh, magic takes, Penny? Uh, as you know, we, we, it, this is a mostly Jonathan Isaac podcast because, for obvious reasons, you know he had the the not kneeling situation, and then now he's he's got the torn ACL with his knee. Anything you want to add as far as what you're looking for with the magic? Do you think do you think Fultz is going to get the starting job be- between now and? the Celtic game on Sunday. I, I don't think so. I, I, emergency somber podcast today, but I think uh, I, I am looking forward to, to the next, uh, to the next game just to see if the offensive uh, production can continue and, and see if we can put another one in the win column uh, in spite of the, uh, you know, mental deflation from, from the Kings game and, and Jonathan Isaac's injury. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the more 63% field goal shooting haps. Let's let's do more of that. But we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At 
Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go magic, take care, and just win. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. Yeah. Get out the way.